I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable to You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back. Silver and Black today, whether you're listening to us on 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas or on our Odyssey original podcast. Thanks for being back with us as well we have a special guest coming up joining mo and i here is las vegas review journal writer sam gordon and sam covers the raiders and he's out there most days as well as doing some other stuff there including my old world of boxing which i know you cover as well uh and other things so sam thanks for joining us here on silver and black today i appreciate you guys having me how's everything going it it's going good man you know i mean i think raider nation would feel a lot better uh, if they were four and one. And that's why we want to talk to you about your column, because I, I was, you know, Mo and I have talked about uh, Josh McDaniels and the team he inherited and kind of expectations. Look, going into the season, the expectations for this team were much higher. You're coming off a playoff run. I don't care how you got in the playoffs. You got in the playoffs. Uh, they do the coaching change. They have additions on defense. They have Devontae Adams on offense, Chandler Jones on defense. You sign guys to long-term deals. You're in a win-now mode. Josh McDaniels comes out. They start one and four. And your piece, which I'm going to show up on the screen here, too, in just a second, um, talks about it and says, hey, there's no time for a honeymoon for Josh McDaniels. And one of the things you talk about is, you know, four, five games the team has held the lead and given it back, right? It's not performed well. It has not finished well. But in writing this and talking about this lack of a honeymoon, talk about the expectations and talk about the mood there, too. When you're in the building out in Henderson and you're around this team, do you get a sense that there's any pressure and that McDaniels understands that that there is no honeymoon? Yeah, great question. Um, I think when... The coaching change happened, right? There was one of two ways coaching and general manager changes happened. There was one of two ways that this team could have gone. They could have looked at it as a hard reset, going to rebuild, you know, trade away um, best players, you know, really start over, draft a quarterback or prepare to draft a quarterback next year. 
um, et cetera, et cetera, and, and, and do that. Um, obviously, with the 10-7 and 7 season last year and taking the Cincinnati Bengals, you know, uh, a couple plays away from potentially beating them on the road, uh, I don't – that's not the route I would have gone. I thought I, – I, I didn't have a problem with being aggressive and going out and, and trading for Devontae Adams and signing Chandler Jones. It makes sense. I mean, you were 10-7. and 7. You, Your playoff team with the roster you had last season – it's understandable why if your ownership, uh, if your, your management, you think you're close and you want to push some chips in. Um, but with that said, that creates these expectations, right? And that the expectations were given that this was a playoff team last year. When you add a first team, perennial first team, all pro wide receiver, arguably the best in the game. When you add a, a perennial pro bowl pass rusher, that signals that you're not just trying to make the playoffs. Like you're trying to go on a deeper run. Um, what, what that means, I'm not sure, right? But you, that, that clearly... <laughs> There was some dissatisfaction mm-hmm. in going 10 and 7 and, and losing in the first round. Um, with that said, right, from a talent perspective, what we've seen the first five games, like that's not the problem. The Raiders are right there from a talent perspective. Um, but situational football has plagued this team all year. Struggles in the red zone on both ends, right? Defensively, offensively. That's situational football, right? Penalties, untimely penalties. They're one of the most penalized teams in the league. It feels like that's a conversation we have about the Raiders every single year. Um, there was a lot of discourse in training camp where, where guys are running laps and, you know, kind of the discipline that they were imposing on themselves. Hey, we're going to be a more disciplined football team. That hasn't happened, right? Like that, that just hasn't happened. So in, in, in kind of the finer points, they, they haven't executed. And as a result, they've blown leads. They've blown a couple huge leads. Uh, they, they haven't really figured out how to play with one. And, and you're one in four when you, again, you could easily be, you know, pick your record, right? You, I mean, you could say five and oh, you could say four and one, three and two, whatever. Anything's better than one and four. Um, except on five, of course. Um, so with that being said, right? Um, yeah, I think there's definitely some frustration. I think there's definitely some disappointment. You saw, I think, Devontae Adams kind of epitomized how frustrated this team was on Monday Night Football, right? Oh yeah. Um, then there's this is a team that doesn't didn't expect to be one and four. I don't think they expected to be five and zero, oh, but the, the expectation wasn't one and four. Now, with that said, I just got back from practice um, today. I was out at the facility today, Wednesday, first day back for, for from the bye in terms of a full practice and whatnot. And there did just seem to be some enthusiasm, some optimism, right? Because even though this thing has under, been underwhelming so far for this franchise, there is a stretch, there is a runway here where, look, now you can get some of those wins back. And, um, it, you know, it would have been nice to bank a few early for the Raiders so that that this stretch, stretch isn't so pressure-packed. But this is a situation with that they're in, and the schedule's favorable, and now you have an opportunity to see if you can put some things together. Uh, we'll see. Uh, I, there mm-hmm. certainly wasn't... Nobody was in their feelings. Nobody's down about this whole thing yet. But there's definitely an understanding that, look, if they don't pile up some wins quickly, this thing can go a lot more south than it already has. Piggybacking off your piece on the Las Vegas Review Journal, the honeymoon is definitely over on this show because we look like idiots. <laughs> we, we were singing the praises of Josh McDaniels. Oh, he's going to have these guys disciplined. They're running laps. They're really going to cut down, finally cut down penalties. As you said, penalties has been a big issue for the Raiders for years. And we finally thought it was going to change. Hasn't happened yet in the regular season. But I wanted to ask you, you're closer than us to the Raiders right now and the players. What have the players said about this slow start? Are, are they pointing to certain things that they need to do better? Are there certain things that you keyed on that maybe they need to do a lot better? Because I'm hearing a lot of people talk about practice and details. And I feel like if practice and details are a little off, that's something that you can nip in the butt right away. What have you been hearing? Yeah, similar similar discourse, right? Just about being a little bit more refined in practice, about being um, more consistent in, in those kinds of settings. I think you know, uh, there was obviously some chance to reflect over, you know, over the course of the bye, right? And, and I think some of the talking points that emerged today were just some of the things we already talked about. Uh, red zone execution on both ends, 
um, cleaning up, you know, getting cleaning up penalties and then the return game, right? Getting, you know, battle of field position. So many times um, the Raiders, you know, have to go a really long way or, or they're, they're setting themselves back um, with field position and whatnot. So, yeah, I, I think those are things that you feel like they can are, are fixable at this point in the season. Um, but not without a sense of urgency, not without, mm. I mean, it, it sounds so cliche, but not without being more refined in practice, not without being a little bit more detail oriented because the areas in, in which they're struggling, that's what it's about. It's, it's detail oriented stuff. I mean, I think this team went up 17, nothing on the road at Kansas city. Uh, they, they scored more points against the chiefs than Buffalo did. I mean, the talent is there. We've seen that. And I, I think to, you know, the, the credit of the coaching staff, there's more balance on offense. They've been taking care of the football, right? Josh Jacobs is playing the best football of his career. You're starting to get Devontae Adams going, really going. Um, so there have been some positives, but without the kind of the finer points, the detailed stuff, uh, it doesn't really matter, you know, what you do during the first two quarters if you can't put away a lead. So, you know, those are, I think those are, you know, the talking points you've been hearing have certainly been some of the talking points um, out here. Uh, but yeah, there, there, there still remains a lot of optimism. And I think it's worth noting, right, the AFC West, just isn't I, I think we all kind of thought this yeah. would be such a great division. Like <laughs> obviously that's not the case. Um yeah. Kansas City is really good. We know that, but the Chargers could easily be, you know, have even be two and what two and four or you know, they they mm -hmm. haven't looked impressive at all. And Denver's a dumpster fire. So there are opportunities because the division isn't necessarily what they thought it would be, what we thought it would be. Um, there are going to be opportunities, but yeah, it's going to start with refining some of the, some of the things that they've struggled with. And, you know, until, until Sunday, we're, we don't know if that's going to be the case. Yeah. We talked about actually on yesterday's show, uh, Sam, about that very subject about how just, you know, the, everyone was talking about the AFC West being the best conference in the last 25 years, best division in the last 25 years. And it's completely disappointed except for the chiefs who actually people were down on the chiefs thinking, well, geez, they might be unseated finally. And there they stand at the top of the division. Still a couple of things too, from your column that really stuck out at me. And I'm big on this in general. And we've talked about it on the show too, which is this idea of excuses. So the Raiders sit dead last in red zone offense still correct. Uh, and you, you mentioned a quote in there from a press conference last week from, from Derek Carr, where he talks about, Hey, it takes time for us to get on the same page. And, you know, we hear this all the time. We hear a lot of fans cause we do a lot of interaction with fans in Raider nation, Sam, and they are, well, he needs time. But then you look at Brian Dable in New York, you look at Kevin O'Connell in Minnesota, uh, why, what are they doing and how can they click so quickly and the Raiders don't? So that idea, and you you underscore this throughout the column, right? No excuses. Um, do you feel sometimes like we do that there are maybe not overt excuses made, but you certainly, like you see in Carr's comments, some around the way kind of excuses on why they're not performing? I mean, yeah, for sure. I think, it, and it, it, you know, it, it fits, it's, it creates kind of an easy talking point. It's an easy narrative. Yeah, you know, it's going to take some time. And I get that, right? I'm sure there's elements of that that are true. Like nobody, you know, they, they're not where they want to be in, in week seven. I, I buy that, but neither is any other team. Like you can still win games while you continue to figure out your identity. I think when you take a look at Minnesota, right, one of the big things there, they're one of the least penalized teams in the league. The offense might not be what we thought it was going to be, um, with Kevin O'Connell coming over from the Rams might not quite be that explosive, but Kirk Cousins is playing with a lot of confidence. Justin Jefferson has been awesome. And situationally, they've won a bunch of games, close games late because they are good at situational football and they're not beating themselves with penalties and turnovers, right? In New York, you have a coaching staff with, I mean, I would say from a roster construction standpoint, not as good of a team as the Raiders, right? Like just personnel wise, they don't have quite the same firepower 
they have leaned into their strengths. Hey, Daniel Jones does this really well. Saquon Barkley does this really well. We are going to lean lean into this and then be really good situationally. Again, the Giants are thriving situationally. They're good in the red zone on both ends. They're able to finish drives. They're able to, you know, hold teams to field goals when they absolutely have to. Uh, And there's a real swagger and presence that they are playing with. Uh, For whatever reason, again, that just hasn't, happen with the Raiders. So it's not in it's not against the rules to get a new coach and be really good right away. Like every <laughs> single year, you know, a, a couple of times. It just hasn't clicked here. Um again, certain things have. The running game's clicked. Devontae Adams is, is getting open and you're figuring out how to get him going down the field. Uh, I think Max Crosby's having uh, you know a defensive right player of the year caliber season. Um he's been super disruptive. But it just it, defensively they haven't put it together clearly one of the I guess one of the worst defenses in the league. Um, up to this point and then situationally um, they're just not any good so yeah it, it's going to take some time to get where you want to be but every team in the NFL can say that and it's okay to win games while you're still acclimating your coaching staff it's okay to be good situationally <laughs> even though you have a new coach it's okay to not commit penalties and they just haven't been able to get out of their own way in that regard knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling meeting new friends or just even to master a new skill But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. So, Sam, I don't want to put any words in your mouth, but it sounds like to me you're saying the Raiders have underachieved despite all of the, the coach <laughs> regime shift. With all the name brand players they had, they should be better. Is that correct? Am I, yeah, yeah. Right? No, no question about it. No question about it. Certainly at this point, right? Like, you know, the best one and four team in the league, they're better than their record. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but, like, that, you don't get anything for that. You don't get a trophy for being better than your record. I, I think a lot of teams at this point probably contend that they're better than their record, not just this year, but every single season. So, yeah, at this point, they, they've underachieved. Now, with that being said, again, there is going to be a stretch here where, where they're going to be expected. I think they should be expected, you know, both internally and externally to rattle off a few wins here. And then maybe you get back to 500. And given all the parity in the NFL, not just in the AFC West, mm-hmm. but around the NFL this year, maybe you're back in that playoff conversation by the end of November. I think that certainly needs to be the goal. I yeah. think that's certainly the approach that the Raiders want to take and with, with the sense of urgency. And I think that's that. Again, given the schedule, and I, I kind of talked about that in the column a little bit, who they're playing, you have a real chance here to kind of make up some of those wins that, that you didn't get at the front end of the season. Um, the unfortunate part is they were right there in all those games, all four of those losses. They were right there. There are opportunities to win. You can bank up wins. Give yourself a little margin of error because we know how it goes, right? Like upsets have been happening all the time this year. Tampa Bay just got beat by the Steelers. Uh, the Jets just went into Lambeau and pounded the Packers like, <laughs> yeah, it looks like the Raiders should rattle off a bunch of these games, but who's to say? We don't know. There's There's been so much parity. It's really been really hard to kind of peg where been. they should be at. I just know from a talent perspective, from what I've seen, they should be better than one and four. They've definitely underachieved. Yep. Uh, real quick warning, lightning rock question coming up here. Um, speaking <laughs> of underachievers, Darren Wall has been a big subject on this show. 
Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro, both not themselves, not the guys who we've accustomed to them to be as playmakers, but a lot more angst towards Darren Waller, even though they've both been in and out of lineup, both been hurt. A lot of people are questioning Darren Waller's commitment to the game. Now, you're closer. Again, you're closer than us. Are you seeing anything that says that indicates that Darren Waller is not all the way dialed in at practice or at meetings? Because a lot of people are asking, is Darren Waller all in and they're attaching it to some relations off the field and saying he's not the same guy? So could you please put those uh, rumors in that buzz to bed, please? Yeah, I, I don't think that's the case, right? <laughs> um, I, I think he he had an, a hamstring injury in training camp, and he didn't practice a ton. And I think there was kind of some speculation. Um, and I, I even thought, hey, maybe you know, is he is this a negotiating tactic? Like, uh, I, you know, yeah, it's fair to wonder, kind of given the situation. But it's also look, he had a hamstring injury. He didn't practice. That's what the team said. That's what he consistently maintained. And then he injures his hamstring against the Chiefs, and has you know probably. It, given that he missed most of camp, uh, you're, you know, could, might be behind from a conditioning standpoint. You know, he didn't get the reps uh, that, that some of the other guys got in the offense. So, yeah, I think it's clear, he, you know, there's, there's reasons why he's fallen befall, behind the eight ball. Now, of course, he's been a little bit more visible, visible publicly here, and, and that's going to naturally lend itself to those kind of questions. Is, is he not allowed mm-hmm. to enjoy his life off the football field? Like, <laughs> Apparently not, you know, Sam. No. <laughs> like, no, he's, I think he's allowed to have a life. I don't have any, <laughs> any issues with that. I don't think that necessarily reflects you know, poorly on his commitment. I think this right. is a guy that we've seen put up, you know, 1,000-yard tight end, back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons, pro bowler, and when he's healthy and right, one of the most unique skill position players in the league just because mm-hmm. of his size and speed and what he can you know, pose – for defenses now Raider fans yeah they haven't seen that we haven't seen that at all at any point this season that doesn't mean it's not there I think the focus for the Raiders needs to be on getting him right you know you still have enough offense I think you what are they sixth or seventh in, in points score the average point like yeah. per game right they're still up there you still have enough offense without a healthy Darren Waller the focus should be on getting him right and then seeing what he can do there's there's no doubt the season's been been absolutely disappointing um from, from his standpoint there's there's no question about that but I, I don't think it has anything to do with his his commitment to football i think this is a guy that's proven what he can do and sometimes for whatever reason players are banged up they don't get on track he's not the first guy to go through this yeah. and there's still plenty of time to get it turned around but getting him healthy um has to be a priority because if this team wants to maximize its potential he's of course is going to be a huge part of that but Sam, don't you know that the pitchfork mob on Twitter uh, believes Kelsey Plum is evil and has corrupted Darren Waller? I mean, how, how could you not think that? It's 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 crazy that uh, and and we and Mo and I on this show, Sam, always say, okay, what what do you do as a job? You might be a janitor, a truck driver, a doctor. Do you not have a life outside your job? <laughs> so we've been defending him on that point, saying. Hey, the guy is having his life. He deserves his life, especially that guy who went through so much yeah. and really appreciates life a lot more than some do. So we we uh, we we defend him on that one for sure. But Sam, listen, we appreciate your work. We enjoy reading it. You can follow Sam uh, on Twitter at by Sam Gordon. We will also put as well his uh, column linked in the description on the podcast and on the YouTube page as well. Sam, we appreciate you, man. We'll talk to you down the road. All right. Thanks so much, guys. Really appreciate you having me on the show. Talk soon. All right, man. Thanks very much. All right. right, There you go. Sam Gordon from the Las Vegas Review Journal was our guest there. Great stuff. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we continue. We'll take a look at Sunday's game against the Texans. We'll give you a preview from David Stepanian and get on with the rest of the show. You're listening to Silver and Black today here on 98.5 The Fan, also on an Odyssey original podcast. Don't go anywhere, Raider Nation.